Welcome to the Good Book Club podcast, where we make all of our book club meetings and bonus events available for listeners to enjoy. Today, our podcast will feature our The Good Book Club Lazy Learners series, where we discuss tattoos for dummies, everything you ever wanted to know but were afraid to ask about getting a tattoo. We really learned a lot from the amazingly talented tattoo artist, Robin McQueen, and encourage you all to check out her work at Marrow in the Bones on Instagram. This book club meeting was originally held on January 31st, 2023. All right, welcome everybody. It's another episode of The Good Book Club, Lazy Learners. Tonight we have a real treat. This is a burning question that a lot of us have had. We're talking about tattoos for dummies. And we have an amazing guest. The story of how we got this guest is kind of interesting. We thought of the topic and then we thought, well, who do we know? We threw it out to a couple of people, didn't really get much response. And then we got really brave and we just simply put it on ex-Mormon Reddit. And almost right away, this wonderful person uh, wrote back and said that she would love to come talk to us. And we really lucked out. Uh, I think we struck gold because she's a wonderful person and an incredibly talented artist. So I will let her introduce herself. Like I said, we're going to have a presentation um, for a little while, and then we'll turn it over to Q&A because I know we all have a lot of questions. So um, let's let Robin take it away. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Robin McQueen. I Just a little bit about me. I grew up very staunch LDS. My family was a Smith family, so we are descendants of Hiram and so just grew up with all the the strict rules you know <laughs> um we I I was an artist my whole life and I went to school for um like classical realism is where I is where I went into so like old master style like oil paintings and charcoal drawings figure drawings portraits that's that sort of stuff and that was where my passion was but um it's also a really hard market to break into and I was eventually after I started having kids um just decided to be a stay-at-home mom so I've been a stay-at-home mom for eight years and I have three kids and a great husband and then my after I left the church in 2020 and my sister left shortly after um actually my entire family is is out of the church now but my sister went to get a tattoo and I remember going with her and as soon as I saw the process, I just knew right away, I have to do this. I really, really want to do this. And so I went home and basically within two weeks had a portfolio ready to go and started going around to shops asking for an apprenticeship. So I've been in an apprenticeship for a year. I work at Hearts and Hands Tattoo in Orem and I really, really lucked out. It's an amazing shop and I have an amazing mentor. So anyway, I have learned so much about tattooing and so I was happy to be able to share this 
information because I feel like it's really important not to just walk into a shop and get tattooed by anyone. Um, so I'm going to share so much stuff. <laughs> um, so next slide. Um, I think the goal of my presentation today is basically for anyone listening to be able to know what a good tattoo looks like and what a bad tattoo looks like so that they can choose an artist um, based on good, based off good information and being educated and, and knowing what to look for. So if nothing else, that's what I really hope the takeaway is um, for today, because how can you find an artist without knowing what a good tattoo is? So um, the first thing, um, the foundation of all tattooing is line work. Well, not technically all tattooing. There is like realism tattoos don't use a lot of line work, but um, I digress. So line work is everything. So in this slide on the screen, there are three pictures of beautiful line work. This line work is basically as perfect as humans can get. Um, and I'm gonna explain why that is best I can. So um, each of these lines are consistently black the whole way through. Um, the line is the same width the entire stretch of the line and you don't see any wiggles, you don't see any blowouts. Um, everything is as straight or circular as humanly possible. Obviously we're human, we're not printers, so um, nothing is gonna be exactly perfect, but this is incredible line work. So now I'm gonna move on and show you some poor examples and things to watch out for. So just a heads up, the examples of bad tattoos that I'm using in this presentation are like really, really bad, like really terrible. And you're not always gonna see things that are like this obvious, but I'm just using these because, because it's so obvious, I think um, it'll be easier for you to spot it elsewhere. Um, so the first thing I wanna talk out is blowout. So um, when you're tattooing skin, the needle, it, it has to be in the right, the right depth in your skin. So you have two layers of skin and then a fat layer. Um, if the ink is, if you don't get deep enough with the needle, the ink is in the first layer of skin, eventually that ink will fall out of the skin as your skin is like rejuvenating itself. Um, if you get it in the second layer, that's the sweet spot. That's where the ink is going to stay. It's going to hold well. It's going to stay saturated. Um, but if your needles go too far um, and they go into the fat layer, that is what's called a blowout. And the fat layer cannot hold ink in one place and therefore it will spread. So um, you can see on the left is a fresh tattoo. You can tell it's blown out. It's got like blue um, blobby haziness behind those lines. Um, that's the ink already starting to spread. You can usually see a blowout 
pretty much right away um while you're tattooing it shows up immediately um and then on the right um no uh, maven just asked if blowouts go away so yes and no a blowout um typically does not go away some sometimes bodies over time will kind of absorb that ink and it may get lighter it may look better um other cases it actually gets worse over time or it can migrate far away so on the right on this slide there's a heel tattoo this one is not fresh and you can tell how much that ink is just spreading it looks like a big bruise um I've seen um there's a lady that came into our shop where her her ink she had a tattoo up here on her arm and um her ink had like migrated down to her elbow so it looked like there's a bruise on her elbow so it can like once it's not stationary in the skin in that second layer of skin um it, it's just not great you would have to um get laser removal to to fix that um so that's just something you like when you're looking through artists work that you want to like pay attention to make sure you don't see any of that um sometimes on a fresh tattoo you'll see like you know a slight shadow around a line or maybe it's a little bit purple or red around the line and that's pretty normal for a fresh tattoo it's just like irritation it's just um it's it's almost like almost like a bruise um but it it doesn't yeah it doesn't look like dark blue um so that's where you know like that is a blowout so next slide um is about saturation so good line work will always have good saturation the whole way through if you remember the first slide i showed you with line work those lines were solid black when they were freshly tattooed and so um on the right of this slide we have um this is a fresh tattoo um and when i say fresh tattoo hopefully everybody knows that i mean that this is a picture that was taken right after the tattoo was done and it's not healed yet um so on this on this tattoo you can see the lines are not black they're gray um this can mean usually two things usually it means they did not get into the second layer of skin they're just on that surface level and most of this tattoo is going to fade and fall out pretty badly um every line should be a solid black color when it's first put in or else it's not um going to hold well um, so both the shading and the line work on this tattoo are just this light gray color. So you know that is not good saturation in those lines. And on the left, you see the healed tattoo. There's a healed tattoo. And you can tell that, um, that so this is what it looks like when parts of it were saturated and parts of, parts of the lines weren't saturated. It's all patchy. Um, it looks messy because they didn't get it all into the right layer of skin. Okay, so next slide 
is consistency. So tattooing is very, very difficult. And I can't stress that enough. Like not, it's not something you want to just trust anyone to do. Um, so you, in order to pull a good line, you have to move at the same speed the whole time or else you will deposit more ink into um, a place on one part of the line than you will on another. So the faster you move, the less ink you're depositing as you go, the slower you move, the more ink you're depositing. So this tattoo on the left is a healed tattoo and I guarantee you it didn't quite look this bad when they first finished it. Um, but as it heals, it becomes apparent how much ink is in each place. So you can see these lines are not consistent at all. There's these fat parts, there's these skinny parts. Um, so they weren't moving at the same speed the whole time. So on the right is an example of how this would kind of look when it was freshly done. So this tattoo hasn't healed on the right. And you can see there's lines in here that are super dark in some places. There's lines in here that are like skinnier and a little bit faded in places. And so when this heals, there's going to be parts that look a little globby and there's going to be parts that look faded and skinny. Um, and so consistency is very important in line work. Um, so next slide is back to showing um, good line work makes good tattoos. So none of these tattoos could possibly look this good without good line work. Um, you can see in each of these tattoos, all of the lines are black. They're all consistent. There's no fat spots or skinny spots. If it's a skinny line, it's skinny the whole way through. If it's a fat line, it's fat the whole way through. Um, yeah, they're all solid black, beautiful line work, and therefore they're able to turn it into a beautiful tattoo. Okay, next slide. Um, we're gonna move on to shading. So shading also is something that needs good consistency. So, on the left, you have two tattoos that are poorly shaded. Um, they have kind of a, a patchy feel. There's, there's no smooth transitions from dark to light. Um, and so even though these are fresh, they're gonna, they could look possibly even worse when they're healed. Um, sometimes, sometimes they look a little better with black and gray because it, um, shifts around the ink and makes it look a little smoother but still um hopefully you can tell that these are just poorly shaded and on the right we have some examples of like beautifully shaded tattoos the heart with the face on it is called that style of shading is called pepper shading um or whip shading it's also referred to and that's where they're taking the needle, a, a small needle, and, and just skipping across. They're moving their hand really fast, and it's skipping across the skin and creating little dots. And this artist, she actually works at my shop. She is, does amazing work. And you can tell that um, she is really amazing at getting that nice transition from 
a dark to a light shade without it um without it looking um patchy or anything so and then we have the one on the right this is a black and gray realism piece and very very smooth shades it's possible to get very smooth shades in tattooing it's incredibly difficult but it is doable um okay next slide um then there's color so there's there's black and gray tattoos and there's color tattoos um color is a whole different ball game than black and gray and so all of these three tattoos have bad color saturation. The two on the right are healed and the one on the left is fresh. And at first glance, you might be thinking, what, the one on the left has bad color saturation? It's so bright. But if you look closely and hopefully you can see it, you'll see that a lot of the places around the edges up to the lines are not fully solid color. There's some skin showing through. Um, near the top of the rows in the center, it's a little less red looking. That is going to, that top of the center of the rose is going to heal a lot like this lightning bolt looks like a pa really patchy red. Um, and then you can see like down by the letters, they didn't get right up to those letters with the color and it's also going to look patchy. Um, when it heals. So color in order to look good has to be solidly packed into the skin. And when I say that, it's almost like you are, so there can't be any skins showing through unless they're like blending it to, to nothing. If hopefully that makes sense. Um, but anywhere they're basically taking your skin and taking it to it's extreme, um, it's most extreme capability of taking, taking needles, taking ink before your skin would like scar or scab. So, um, they have to be careful not to overwork your skin, but also, um, they have to get it in there all the way packed. So this slide has three examples of great color saturation where you can see all the way up to the lines. Um, there's no skin showing through. Um, it's, it's just fully opaque color, um, except for the places that are intentionally left as skin. And so these tattoos are going to heal great. Um, I have a tattoo on my arm. I'll show you that my mentor did. And it just shows you this is, has been healed for quite a while. And you can see like how solid that still looks. So a good color tattoo can look really, really nice when it's done, when it's done well. Um, and when it's packed solid and it will last a really long time as long as you take care of it. Okay, next slide. We have black saturation, pretty much the same thing, but when you're doing something solid black, you also have to pack it solid, just like color. So the center photo on this, you can kind of see that um, there's a few places that like skin is peeking through and it almost looks like as if you drew on it with a Sharpie and some places are darker and some places are lighter. That's not good saturations. 
good black saturation is going to um, be the same shade the whole way through. And when it heals, it's not always the same um, deepness of black as a fresh tattoo, but it should hold that same like consistent solid look of black. So, and then next, next slide. So now I'm going to go through just some styles just to hopefully help you if you like when you're trying to figure out what you like and what you what kind of artist you're looking for. I'm hoping this will help anyone kind of get an idea of how to explain what kind of art they're wanting on their body. So I'm, I'm not going through all the styles. I'm just going through some popular ones. So on the left, we have American traditional, which is basically, it's basically its name. It's the first type of tattoos here in America. Um, and I mean, when I say here in America, I mean, in modern, um, our modern day country of USA, America, not obviously, um, the native peoples had their own way of tattooing. So um, this, there's black and gray American traditional, there's um, color American traditional, and basically they only had a few select colors that they would use, which is red, reds, greens, and yellows, and um, sometimes like browns and later blues came along. And um, it's defined by having bold lines because they only had one size of needles. And so all of their lines are the same width in every design. Um, next over, you have neo-traditional. And neo-traditional is basically um, has taken American traditional to um, kind of as a place where it's more free to do anything that you want with the light and with the, with the lines, you can use really skinny lines and thick lines in the designs. Um, but it's still usually characterized by having like nice, bold outlines, nice, like bright, solid colors, but there, it, there's a big range of what neo-traditional can mean. So next slide. Um, there's black and gray realism on the left. Um, so that's pretty self-explanatory. It looks like you're trying to make it look like a photograph in black and gray. Um, and I chose portraits for this, but obviously there's landscapes, there's objects, like there's any, anything you want in realism. But the main thing is, you know, it doesn't have an outline, um, there's going to be usually like a background with it so that it stays so that like the image stays readable. Um, and then there's color realism on the right and those are both pretty self-explanatory. So next slide. Um, so on the left, we have illustrative. Illustrative can mean so many things. It's a huge category of tattooing. But um, basically just anything that's not necessarily realism, not necessarily neo-traditional, but just kind of its own category of anything that's 
um, drawing like. Um, so we've got, and, and like I said, there's so many examples of illustrative, so I can't show them all, but, but obviously you can, there's color, there's black and gray. You can see this one, this black and gray up in the top used pepper shading. And, um, that's really common in a lot of illustrative tattoos. Um, they don't sometimes, um, they'll use that instead of like the smooth black and gray shading because it just looks more like kind of a, like a drawing you know and then on the right we've got fine lined tattoos and that's self-explanatory anything that uses teeny tiny um fine lines fine lines are a trick like they are sometimes like tricky to tattoo because the skinnier your needles are the easier it is for your needle to penetrate through to that fat layer so you want to make sure that if you're getting a fine line tattoo that you're getting it from someone who knows what they're doing with fine lines don't go to someone who um doesn't have any examples of fine line work on their page to get a fine line tattoo um Next, we've got ornamental on the left, basically anything that's like a decorative tattoo that doesn't necessarily have a picture. It's just decoration on your body. And then on the right, we have geometric, um, just, and hopefully this helps you like get in your mind like oh this is what kind of style I'm drawn to so that when you're talking to an artist you can describe what it is that you're looking for now obviously there's so many other types of tattoos we we've got like Japanese traditional and um there's black work where you just cover sections of your body in black in these nondescript ways. There's so many different styles, but hopefully this helps you get a little bit of um, grasp on some different types of tattoos and what they're called. Um, okay, so now we're gonna go into a, um, a little bit about how things that would be useful when considering a tattoo design. So one big thing that a lot of people don't know about is size. So a lot of people, when they're getting a first tattoo, they're like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm just going to get something really small because um, that's what they feel comfortable with. But um, size is one of the most important thing aspects of tattooing because size creates longevity in tattoos. And what I mean by that is when you have a tiny tattoo that's this big and it has all this detail in it and your body is trying to break down that ink and shift it around, um, you can imagine how unreadable that tattoo is going to be 10 years down the road because, um, because there's, if that ink even shifts a little bit in that tiny space, it throws off the tattoo. So it's, it blurs the tattoo. So kind of, yeah, imagine it as like a blurring. So if you have something this small and it's blurring, that's really hard to read. Now, if you have something like that big flower on my arm and it blurs a little, 
it doesn't matter. You can, you know exactly what that is. Um, it's not ever going to blur enough for you to be able to, um, not know that that's a flower. Um, so yeah, tiny, tiny tattoos are rough. So if you are getting something very small, it needs to be very, very simple. Um, because that's the only way that it's going to stay readable over time. Um, so we kind of talked about readability, but also the other aspect of readability is that um, a lot of people don't think about, you want a tattoo that if you're in the same room as someone and they're looking across a room, they can immediately know what is on your body. Like it needs to, it needs to be descript in what it, it's showing. So some people will come to me with like these crazy ideas where they are packing all this stuff. Like they're, they're wanting like, one example is like, they're wanting a chess piece, like a bishop. And then, but they're also wanting it to have like trees and a waterfall, like combine with it. So like trees are coming off of it. And it's like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, that's a cool idea. And it might work on a drawing, but on a tattoo where readability is, is more difficult. Um, no one's going to know what that is. And it, it's just an unfortunate thing because then you're going to get a bunch of questions. What is that? It's not fun. <laughs> so just, um, simple and as large as you feel comfortable is best rules for, making those kind of decisions. We talked about aging um, a lot with the size. And so I, I don't know that I need to go too much further in into depth, but um, tattoos can age really, really well um, if you take care of them and if they are done large enough and they're well-executed tattoo. Um, but they can also age really poorly if it's all the opposite of what I just said. Um, placement is important. Um, things, it just, some things people don't think about is you want to be able to see a tattoo. You want to be able to see the image from looking at it from one um, angle. So I'm so that might change the size that your tattoo can be. Um, so for example, my brother-in-law, he wanted a big tattoo on his leg and he thought, well, I want a, a deer skull with like, with the big antlers on it. And that's a, a pretty wide design. Um, it's, um, it's wider than it is tall because it's got these big antlers by the time you size that down so that you can see it on you know the back of his calf all of a sudden you have like a three or four inch tattoo for the whole thing which um it just some things aren't possible to put put on certain body parts in the size that would be good for that for that object. So that's just something to keep in mind, but your artists will know what to do with placement and what's best. So it's always good to collaborate with them. Wrap, I just talked about, you don't want 
um unless it's like done on purpose and it's like a sleeve you don't want a ton of wrap which means that like the image is wrapping around so that you know you only see from an angle let's say you have a bird and you can only see like um the tail of the bird you know like it, it can't be wrapping around your whole body your whole limb or something um pain is something to consider um so um hold on sorry my son wandered in here um so pain is something to consider so um different tattoos are going to be different levels of pain um if it's something small you know small little script or something fine line usually those tattoos are really not too painful um the the bigger you go the more pain because the longer the tattoo is going to be um and your body just gets tired of pain so it, it ends up hurting more um sorry I'm trying to read could I talk about oh weight loss and weight gain yeah I can talk about that um so color tattoos tend to hurt quite a bit more just because it's more trauma to your skin since you're packing it in solid on every inch of the tattoo um it's like a you know a giant wound um that you're healing rather than if you're doing like black and gray um or something that's just line work if you're doing like um black and gray realism the motion that you're using to put that ink in is like a sweeping motion and it just grazes the skin and deposits little bits of ink at a time. And that, um, you know, it's just, it's less painful because it's not, the needles aren't in your skin as long. So those are just some things. And obviously there's parts of your body that are, that are more sensitive. So, Usually anywhere bonier can be a little bit more painful, um, like tops of feet, hands, palms, um, and like rib cage areas. Like sometimes those are really sensitive, but, um, and then someone asked about weight loss and weight gain in tattoos. Um, so Weight, weight loss and weight gain don't usually affect tattoos very much, surprisingly. Um, I've, my mentor talked about like tattooing someone, um, when they were at a higher weight and they lost a whole bunch of weight and the tattoos tend to like shrink pretty, um, proportionate, um, like it's not like one part of the tattoo is shrinking more than another. And so it, it tends to be just fine. And same with gaining weight, it's getting big, it's getting bigger all over, um, stretching and it's not like being pulled in one direction really hard. And then it's going to look all crooked. It doesn't happen that way. Now, if you got like, if you lost a lot of weight and then you had to have like, um, skin tucks and stuff, obviously that's completely different consideration. So if you see like a, a skin tuck surgery in your future, I would refrain from getting tattoos unless you're fine with them being messed up. Um, 
And then do tattoos need to have meaning? So this is a big one. I think most people when they're getting their first tattoo feel like it has to have meaning to them and that's just fine. I just wanted to share a little bit about what I've learned being more a part of the um, tattooing industry is that um, uh, the more tattooed you become, usually the less you care about it having meaning. You actually care more about how it looks on you. Um, so just it's, it's your, it's a look being tattooed is a look. And so sometimes it's more important to consider like, um, how you want to look overall, like, um, instead of, instead of just like, what's special to you. Um, I would say that 90% of the tattoos I see in my shop have no meaning to them at all. It's just, it's just part of the art form. It's just like, I want this beautiful thing on my body and, um, I, I want to be a canvas and that's kind of how it works. Um, and then lastly, simple tattoos don't mean easy. I kind of said this earlier, but, um, when, a lot of people make the mistake of let's say, okay, well, I just want this crescent moon tattooed on, um, you know, this, this little crescent moon tattooed on my wrist. Okay. You might think that's the easiest tattoo. Um, any, any artist could do it. So I can just walk into a shop and they'll all be capable. Um, when in reality, um, in like that is a very, very difficult tattoo to, to execute well, mainly because if your tattoo only has line work, there's no fixing it. If it's, if you, especially the smaller it gets, if you get one tiny wiggle, um, that's it. <laughs> You've got a wiggle in your tattoo and you can't like shade up next to it and make it look better. No, it's just lines. Um, a crescent moon is one of the hardest like shapes to tattoo because it's got, it's, it's gotta be perfectly circular. Um, you know, circles, straight lines are really difficult. So I just wanted to explain that like, just trusting anyone with something that seems really simple to you is actually sometimes the most difficult tattoos to do and to not like mess up. There's just no lee leeway with those type of tattoos. Um, so it's still a good idea to make sure that you study your artists and book with them in advance and wait the amount of time that it takes to get in with them. Um, be patient. That's a big thing in tattooing. So next slide. Um, safety in the tattooing industry. Okay. So um, just quickly wanted to go over like, um, obviously, there's a lot of um, risks getting tattooed. And so, um, so you want to be in a shop that cares a lot about their reputation, that cares about the shop being clean, um, that um, 
when you walk in a shop, you can usually tell, just like if you walk in a bathroom in a public place, you know, you have a feeling of if that bathroom is a good clean bathroom to be in, or if it's like really icky and you don't even want to sit on that seat, you know? Um, so it's the same way with tattoo shops. Like there, there's a stigma, you know? And so some people like walk into the, to a tattoo shop and they feel like, Ooh, this like feels icky in here, but that's how tattoo shops are. So it must be fine. But that's not usually the case. Like I would say that a lot of times you can tell just by walking in, like whether this shop is like a good shop or not. Um, and you might be intimidated by the people working there, by the body modifications that they have. It's kind of a shock for people who have been in Mormonism their whole life to like work with someone that you know, to see someone with like horns implanted in their head and tattoos all over their face and piercings everywhere. But that's not what I'm talking about. The people <laughs> are a different story. I'm talking about the shop and um, you'll know if it's clean or not. Um, Cross-contamination. So as tattoo artists, we all have to um, pass our bloodborne. We have to get recertified for our bloodborne pathogens. Um, obviously that's one of the major um, risks getting tattooed is um, making sure that you're not um, getting someone else's bloodborne diseases into your body. So um, the way that we combat that is by using single um, yeah, I'll answer that in a second, Landon. So by using um, like single use needles, there's no such thing as like anytime we use a needle on a person, it goes into the sharps container, never to be used again. Everything is sterile. It's coming out of the package the first time. Now that is not the only way that's, that's good, but it's not enough to stop cross-contamination because um, so like I can't touch my tattoo machine with dirty gloves and then, um, use a clean needle, but my tattoo machine has pathogens on it. And then I'm touching that person's skin with my gloves, with their fresh tattoo, and it's going into their, into their wound. So, um, you, you just want to you know, make sure like your artist is, um, following good protocol. Like all their stuff should be wrapped. They should never be. So the tattoo machine is, is like covered. At least the part that they're touching is completely covered there. If they have a cord, their cord is covered in plastic. So that no blood is getting on that. Their workstation is covered in saran wrap and then you know after each tattoo they're cleaning everything with opticite everything is completely sterilized and whatever um so landon asked if um if you have to be licensed and that's a good question it actually varies on the state that you live in or the even the county that you live in so i live in utah county 
And just this past year, Utah County actually made it so that you don't have to have a license to tattoo. I know that sounds crazy. I think it is crazy. Um, you have to have like a license to cut someone's hair and that grows back. So I don't know, like, I don't know why they do things the way they do, but that just goes to show you how crucial it is to make sure that you're going to an artist who knows what they're doing and who, um, you know, is, is trained by, by people like good people that practice good safety. Um, so that, what that basically means is anyone off the street can start tattooing tomorrow if they take a bloodborne pathogens test and pass it. Um, so just be careful, do your due, due diligence. Don't just go to any shop and expect someone to be great. Um, I know this is all probably sounding like so scary and so gloom and doom and it's not like tattoos can be great. And like so many artists care so much about what they're doing and would never, and like safety is our top priority, but I'm just like, you know, obviously just wanting to educate around all these things. Um, and someone asked about like, do artists, I, I didn't quite see the whole question, but like, do artists have to get their own blood tested and stuff like that? Um, so it, we have to have like our hepatitis B vaccination. We have to have proof of that before we can start tattooing. Um, and there is no vaccination for hepatitis C, I think it is. And so, you know, some of them, and obviously like HIV kind of stuff is different too. So um, if there is an accidental like um, prick or something like a tattoo artist like pricks their finger, then um, they can like fill out forms and they'll often ask you like, okay, do you have, do you have any known bloodborne diseases? And then they can like go take any necessary steps to try and mitigate any, any bad things happening. Um, I don't know what the last question was on the screen. I don't know. I couldn't see it. It went away. So I'm sorry. If she, someone she said, uh, how do you tactfully ask an artist about their work and experience, ask for references, ask what their apprenticeship was like? Um, I, I think like any artist should be happy to share that information. I don't think I, I mean, obviously you don't want to sound like, I think any question is totally valid. And so if you just want to be like, Oh, Hey, like, um, can I just ask you a few questions before, before I book my appointment? Like how long, like how long have you been tattooing? Like, um, and like, what do you, what are your practices regarding like cleanliness or whatever? Like, I'd be happy to answer that as a tattoo artist, but I also think part of it just boils down to like, 
um so if you have instagram or the internet like however you're you've found this artist and you're looking at their work a lot of times like you can tell um if they're like a good artist with enough experience to be good at what they're doing now i know that doesn't necessarily equate um cleanliness but i could tell you that a lot of times it's a good indicator that they're very like careful and take a lot of pride in their work if that makes sense um and i think in general most artists are doing everything they can to not you know spread bloodborne pathogens <laughs> but it's it's obviously it's possible and if you are watching your artists like set up or break down after a tattoo and you like um and you notice like oh like they had a dirty glove on and they just went and touched that doorknob and whatever like then that's something just to have in your mind and, and watch out for and like if you notice like if your artist like has gloves on and then touches something else and then goes back to tattooing with the same gloves that they opened a drawer with like I would absolutely say um could you please change your gloves sorry I like I don't because that's risk of infection right like they're touching a drawer that people's hands touched like you want sterile things touching you the whole time so like you can be watching out during the tattoo as well like um but most artists are are you know doing everything they can um okay next slide um okay so working with an artist so a lot of people just don't know where to start um and so this so here we have walk-ins versus custom so there's different types of methods of getting a tattoo so a walk-in is basically what it is what it sounds like is where you say i want a tattoo today and I'm going to walk into this shop and say, hey, could you tattoo this? Um, shops like this generally have like a bunch of what they call flash on like in books or on their walls of like things that they could tattoo on the spot right there. Or sometimes you're just bringing in like, well, I want this word tattooed on me. I want this. So um, a lot of times like they're, they're smaller pieces um and then you have custom tattoos which is where you would talk to an artist in advance get on their schedule and say um hey i i'm looking for a design of something i want a tattoo of something like this you might send them like inspiration photos or whatever of like tattoos that you like and you want it to be similar to and then they're going to make you their own design they cannot copy exactly another tattoo that you've seen unless it's like public use 
Um, like sometimes there's people that put their designs out on like Etsy or something, and you can actually buy that design and take it to a tattoo artist and say, I paid, I paid to use this design for myself. It's okay for you to copy. Exactly. Um, but most of the time, every artist is going to be at least changing a design a little bit because, um, we're wanting it to be our own design. We're not wanting to copy anyone. Um, and, but you can also, even if you want like a walk-in style tattoo, like, let's say I just want like some bird silhouettes, um, that, I mean, that's kind of like a walk-in type tattoo, but I want to be careful about what artist I get. So I'm not going to just walk into a shop and hope I get someone good. I'm going to find a good artist and book an appointment with them and tell them what kind of simple tattoo I want. Um, and this is where like, um, so it's normal if you're booking an appointment with an artist, it's normal for them to ask you for a deposit in advance because, um, many times we spend hours working on these designs. And so if something happens and you don't show up for your appointment or you cancel the last second, um, whatever it may be, um, then we're out all that work that we did without being paid anything. So it's normal to have a deposit that goes towards the final balance of what the tattoo costs and, um, and so that they can count on you to show up at your appointment and whatever. Most deposits are non-refundable. So, um, it's, it's part of the risk. Like if you hate the design and you, you don't want to go through with it. Um, obviously most artists, like they're going to work with you and change the design as much as they can. Um, they're gonna try and make it what you want. And at the end of the day, if, if they can't and you want to walk away, like it's possible to lose that deposit and some artists might like give it back out of the goodness of their heart or they might not. Um, but that, yeah, a lot of people are going to ask for a deposit to get you on their books. So the design process kind of already mentioned, like, so some people are looking at tattoo artists designs online and they're going, okay, this artist has, I love all of their artwork and I just want them to create the most amazing thing that they think they can. And I want them to put it on me. Um, that becomes more common, the more tattooed you are and the more maybe like famous of an artist that you're working with, I guess. Um, but a lot of people have an idea of what they want tattooed in their mind before ever contacting the artist. And so, like I said, they'll, your artist will ask for inspiration photos that you have. So they know what your taste is and what you're kind of going for. And then they're going to create that design. And this is kind of, it's, it's one of the hard things is um, a lot of times your artists, your artists may not show you the design ahead of time. I have a lot of clients that ask me 
ahead like to send me the design that I made ahead of time and there's good reasons why artists won't do it um it one good reason is that um is that you have um people that they love the design when you show them but then they send it to all their family and friends and their family and friends start picking apart the design and say well what about this well what about that well what about this and then um and then it just hinders the designing process and what's important is like whether you like the tattoo or not um it gets really too messy when other people's opinions are involved um another reason they may not send out their design ahead of time before the tattoo day is because people can take that design and do and go elsewhere so take the design that you worked hard on and maybe they change their mind and they they like the design but they're going to go with a different artist and um so there's reasons why some tattoo artists will will show you the de design ahead of time others won't but um it doesn't mean there's something wrong with your artist if they say like no i don't send out my designs ahead of time you'll get to your appointment they'll show you the design um if there's any problems with it they can usually fix it on the spot um and also if if you're just like completely and utterly unhappy with it they might say okay like let's reschedule then i'll make a new design and we'll reschedule and so hopefully that all makes sense um cost so every artist is gonna charge their own rate they they're just charging um you know whatever the market whatever market is good for them and whatever um they feel that their time is worth. And so um, you may have, so the more demand there is for a specific artist, the more they are typically gonna charge because they want to filter out all the tattoos that they don't want to do. So someone who's been tattooing for 15 years probably doesn't want to tattoo bird silhouettes anymore. They're tired of that. They want big, um big exciting designs that are custom every time and they're not going to they're gonna take um they're gonna have like minimum charges on their tattoos like my mentor for example charges a 350 dollar minimum for any tattoo that he does doesn't matter how small which means that anyone who wants a tiny tattoo is not going to book an appointment with him and that's exactly what he wants he doesn't want to have people even trying to book an appointment with him for a small tattoo. So um, it is normal to have like a minimum cost for a tattoo. Like um, let's say it's like $150 is a pretty like normal minimum for a tattoo. Um, and because you're taking up an appointment slot, right? Like, um, an artist could book an appointment that took that takes longer and they could make more money but instead they booked this appointment with you with this tiny tattoo and it's still the same amount of like setup takedown still the same cost for the supplies for them for the tattoo and they are um yeah like 
it's just the cost of getting on their books. So that's pretty normal to have a minimum cost. Um, and sometimes the, like, if it's really tiny, like I'll definitely dock the price after I'm done. I'm like, well, that's fine. I don't need to charge you that much, whatever. And yeah, so it's kind of just up to the artists what they charge. I would say it's normal to see prices anywhere from like, um, a hundred dollars an hour all the way up to $200 an hour. And then some artists charge by, um, days. Like if it's a half day tattoo, if it's like under four hours, then it's this much. And if it's a full day tattoo up to eight hours, then it's going to be this much. Um, and then I wanted to go over pressure. So, um, it, it can be difficult sometimes like feeling like you don't want to offend the artists that you're working with. If you don't want to tell them that you don't like something, or maybe they've placed the stencil on you and you don't like exactly where it's at. You wanted to move it half an inch over, but you don't want to inconvenience them. And so I just wanted to like mention that, um, even though feeling that pressure is normal, like don't let it get to you make sure that you feel a hundred percent comfortable with everything before you start getting that tattoo. Don't do anything just because, um, just because you don't want to inconvenience someone. Sometimes as extra religious people, we, we try not to step on toes. Right. And it's okay to have to step on toes sometimes. Um, then releasing control. How am I doing on time? Am I going way over? It's 8.09. No, no, there's so much to say. And we're so interested. So I say, keep going. You can't stop now. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're, you're close to the Q&A. As we go along. So I think we're good. And I think you're close to the Q&A. So if we hold the questions till she gets there, then that'll help us along a little bit. So. Yeah. Good point. So, oops, can I go back to that slide real quick? Okay, so releasing control and perfection kind of go hand in hand. Tattooing is an art form that requires some degree of like, um, trust and releasing control. You, you are not in control of how this is going to turn out. You are, um, it's, it's kind of this beautiful art form where you have to, you're, allowing someone else in you know you're not you you don't get to print this off and put it on exactly how you want um so it's it can be difficult for people who who struggle with that um but it's it's imperative to getting a good tattoo the a lot of times the less input you put into the artist sometimes that's usually when they come up with their best work because they have more artistic license to do what they think is best and they usually know what is best because they are the artist um also don't expect perfection i know that i've gone over all the sort of mistakes you can make while doing a tattoo no tattoo is perfect that's how you know that it's done by a human. If there's a mistake in your tattoo, it's like, it's like a diamond. Okay. Like a few little imperfections actually make it more valuable because it's done by a human hand. Right. So don't stress over like tiny little things. Um, 
no tattoo is perfect. Okay, next slide. Um, so taking care of a tattoo, I, I'm just going to quickly go over this because really the main thing is at the top, always follow your artist's instructions, do what they ask you to do. Um, don't just read online. Um, so some artists will use bandages, which is like Tegaderm, like a clear um waterproof bandage over your tattoo and that's how they want you to heal it others don't and they want you to dry heal it um you're gonna want to make sure that you wash the tattoo like after you remove the bandage and if you don't have a bandage you're going to be washing it two to three times a day um because infection is um one of the biggest risks right you have a sore on your body you're, you're need you need it do your due, due diligence to keep that clean or the tattoo if a tattoo gets infected there's often a lot of fallout of the ink and it 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 it's not a good thing so keep it clean um and often you're going to use like salve or lotion to keep it nice and moist and you're not going to be bathing or swimming for a few weeks um sun exposure is the biggest thing is probably the um besides like size sun exposure is going to be what um it determines the longevity of your tattoos um once you have tattoos you're going to want to wear sunblock um you know just <laughs> i'm i'm not saying like you have to wear it every day but just um anytime you're going to the beach, like it's just like your skin. Like if your skin's getting burned, like your tattoos is, is your tattoo is getting lightened from that, um, from those UV rays. And so, um, it's almost like getting laser removal on your tattoo through the sun. So, um, if you protect your tattoo, um, from the sun, it's going to last a very long time um in a very good state um scabbing and scarring so good tattoos um a well done tattoo most of the time does not scab sometimes there are some a few little places that scab and that's not uncommon and it doesn't mean your artist did a bad job they might have just had to work one spot a little bit harder and to get the ink in and <laughs> excuse me um and so um but any any scabbing if there is scabbing sometimes that um when there is if a scab comes off prematurely or or even if it just after it falls off sometimes that the ink in that spot is going to come out and you'll have to get it touched up. Um, not a huge deal as long as there's no scarring. Um, scarring is something that is a good information to know. So, um, not everybody responds to tattoos in the same way. Um, some people, when they get tattooed, their skin will raise a little bit like, 
you know how a scar just is like a slightly raised um where if you rub your finger over it you can kind of feel it slightly um and sometimes that's at least from what i've what i've learned at my shop sometimes the more melanin that you have in your skin the more prone that your tattoos are to like be a little bit raised um but um for the most part after your tattoo heals it goes like completely flat but it's just something to be aware of like it can happen especially if um if the if your artist is not moving their needle fast enough and it's it's like chewing up the skin more as they go if that makes sense okay next slide and then a lot of people ask like how do tattoos look when you get old um there's a lot of like myths out there that like oh your tattoo is gonna fall down to your ankle or like it's gonna look so terrible when you're older and so I thought it'd be good to like share some examples of um of some seniors that have still great looking tattoos um yes they might be a little bit more blurry in some areas but it's not as bad as you think like just because you have wrinkles doesn't mean that you can't read you can't tell what an image is um it in fact i mean this guy on the right um he has faces tattooed all over his body and it it's they're still very clearly faces there's nothing really like crazy about them due to wrinkling wrinkling and sagging of skin and you can see that these women the colors and their tattoos are still very very vibrant and that means that they kept them um protected from the sun and um yeah so just thought i'd throw that in there for kicks just it it's i don't think it's anything to be afraid of um and then um okay this is the last slide i just was gonna share a couple days ago i got to tattoo my dad so this is me and my dad. It was his first tattoo. And um, it was just such a special experience being able to um, give him that gift. And um, I thought it'd be fun. This is a mixed style design. So I, I thought I would quiz you guys. Yes, it is Rocket Man. So my dad's favorite song is Rocket Man. And this is a picture of him. I took a picture of him from a picture from his old scrapbook from when he was in high school and he had glasses and, you know, the 70s hair or whatever. And he's wearing and um, I used that to create this design that his music is kind of transporting him to a different place. He loves music. So that was a really fun collaboration I got to do with my dad. So I wanted to quiz you guys and see what styles you see in this design. Anybody want to chime in? What styles are present? And this could lead us right into the Q&A. Like if any, if like whoever wants to be unmuted. So I guess I'll does anyone want to want to say yes? I, I, so 
realism. I see fine line there in the cord. And yeah, yeah you definitely so, have to shave realism. So yes, there's realism. Um, so there's black and gray realism. There's color realism in the headphones. Yeah. Um, and then the there's no fine lines actually. The cord is not what you would consider a fine line. That's a pretty nice bold, nice bold line. Um and then the rocket is is more of like a traditional American traditional, but it has liberties taken at, due to the colors, right? But it's got the same thickness of line throughout the whole tattoo. Simplified does like simplified um drawing and um yeah, so kind of sometimes it's fun to merge styles. Um so now I am ready for questions and I hope I didn't. I feel after giving the presentation that maybe I scared everyone. And so I hope that that did not happen because I think tattoos can be amazing as long as you know what you're getting into and you're just educated on it. So um, anyway, let's, that was amazing. Seriously. <laughs> yes. Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> That's amazing. I love the final slide with your dad. That's just so heartwarming. And did you guys work together on the design or you just kind of knew what he would value? And um, yeah, we it. did have to work together. My dad is super picky. And but this is an example of so some people have a thought of what they want, but they don't really know anything about how to make something work you know so my dad he want he his original idea was to have the planet saturn with the rings around it um the musical staff that had like the notes to rocket man and i was like dad that is so like i don't no one's gonna know what it is it's it's gonna be so hard to like pull that off and at the end of the day it just might not be like the prettiest looking tattoo. So we work together and yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, all right, let's have some questions for, I, you've covered so much. I feel like you've answered so many of our questions, but I'm sure there are some <laughs> others. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see anyone raising their hand. So if, if you see anyone, let me know. Okay. okay Bruce. Yeah. Uh, do you get requests for any Mormon themed tattoos? I have not yet. Um, I would say it's more, it's been more common to get Christian themed tattoos. Um, lots of people want like Jesus or the cross. Um, so far I haven't tattooed a specifically a Mormon tattoo, but I'm sure they're out there. Melinda. I was just wondering on coloring there's two tattoos that I'm interested in getting and one I really like to get in like a bronze kind of so are there like metallic kinds of coloring or is it just really going to be shading from you know brown and orange or yeah so just like a painting um you can make something have the appearance of be of looking um metallic like I've seen lots of like really cool like it looks like melting gold or like the other day I did um a tattoo it was like a a whale an orca with like a 
a wind up toy like thing on its back and that was gold and so I made it look shiny using colors and tricks that I would use just like a painting with um but um as far as like there being metallic ink like shimmery ink not that I know of I have I I haven't seen I could be wrong on that but I'm pretty sure so if it was just like if you're just wanting line work and you were hoping that it would be like shimmery metallic looking I would say no but if you're wanting something to have a metallic look like an object then yes that's doable through like different illustrative tricks or realism so that because it's just are if because it's just like a solid line like a solid shape um would not they could use a bronze color as in like a a burnt red color to do it in but it's not going to look shiny if that makes sense yeah it does thank you uh-huh landon yeah, you, it, you got me all excited this week as we were talking about all these. So I, I actually went and got these these sleeves here to see how it looked. And, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, dear. So, what have you done? <laughs> so, so what would something like this, if I like that, you know, what's what's something like that? I need, I need to see both times. So show me one at a time. Is it, it you're so small on my screen. Is it geometric stuff? Uh, that what it is? lines kind of like tiger strike the... oh kind of like yeah, it's kind of like tiger strike and it wouldn't have to be that but i'm just thinking something like that i thought it looked pretty mm -hmm. good actually so yeah said, let's try some of these so yeah so are you asking how much that would cost is that what how long asking? would it take uh is this like a multi-day do you do one arm at a time uh, how, how would that process go and just you know something that's just black on your arms uh you know are you looking at twelve hundred dollars are you my way under what's the <laughs> um so once again cost it really depends on the artist and if they're charging by the hour it also depends on how fast they are so it's kind of impossible for me to give you an exact price but if you like usually like almost always i would say actually um a sleeve like that or a three-quarter sleeve is not something that you would finish in one day um, I would say you could probably, if you had like a fast artist, like my mentor, I'm sure he could get one arm done in two sessions pretty easily. Um, and it, it, it could be possible to get one arm done depending on how complicated your design is because they have to line all of those shapes. They have to outline every single one and then fill them in. And so it does, it is kind of time consuming. So, um, yeah, but so my mentor, for example, charges, I think 1350 for one full day of tattooing. Oh, so wow. yeah. Um, so hopefully that kind of, and do they do one arm at a time or do they like come down partial and then come down partial so, so you look symmetrical <laughs> depending on the artist so they might they might do all line work first so they might line one one entire arm or if they had time both entire arms and then when they come back when you come back they would fill it all in because then they don't have to re-stencil and try to make sure they line everything up again but um 
but also that would be just really exhausting for your body to have two arms fully tattooed in that much time, you know? So you might tap out before the artist taps out, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Melinda, yeah. All right. So my other question is, do you have any advice on like um, appropriation? Like if, if yeah. You know, like totally. some things can be delicate. Yeah. I mean, it means something yeah. to me, but I don't want to be, you know, have something permanently on my body that's going to be offending people, you know? Great I, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, I think about this a lot and I try to be really cautious. I think a good rule of thumb is like, if it, if you're questioning, I wouldn't do it. Um, if you're like this, this, this might be cultural appropriation um then it it very well could be considered cultural appropriation and be like something very frowned upon within 10 years you know and so that's what I always try to remind myself of but so a good rule of thumb is like if you're getting something on your body like is it is this a language if it's words is it a language that you speak is it a like? Is it a part of your heritage? Um, I w personally will not tattoo other languages on people unless they speak those languages, um, and because and also because one, I'm not gonna deal with the liability of like getting it wrong, but two, I also just don't want to. Yeah. So, like anything tribal, anything. Like, you just want to stay away from that stuff, right? <laughs> now, ornamental um, is, I think, you can have lots of different forms of ornamental tattoos that aren't cultural appropriation. Um, Japanese is a tricky one. I can't really answer it for myself. Um, it's tough because it's like, I guess from what I've read, it's kind of like, it was almost um, started by tattooing white people in Japan because J Japanese people frown upon tattooing pretty, pretty like it's, it's very frowned upon in their culture. And so it's one of those like gray areas. So I don't really know. I'm kind of personally, I'm going to stay away from getting on me just in case, but I, those things are hard. So I would just, just don't do it if you're questioning, I guess, is my best advice. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Haley? Nice. Or so, Holly? Um, oh. Yeah, it's Haley. Nice. Okay. Um, so uh, my main concern um, is usually pain, although you do have me a little nervous about bloodborne pathogens now, not going to lie, <laughs> but yeah. it's good to know, good to, to be aware um, I have been told about numbing creams and I'm curious to know your thoughts on the use of them, if they're okay yeah, or not. Definitely. Um, so the one thing that's most important with numbing creams is always, always, always check with your artist before using it. Don't put on a numbing cream and show up because there are certain numbing creams that can change the texture of your skin and make it difficult to work with. And so your artist 
a lot of artists are totally cool with using numbing cream as long as it's a brand that they trust. And so they will direct you to which ones that you, they want you to buy. Um, and then they'll have certain instructions. Like a lot of people I've had show up that tried to use numbing cream and it didn't work at all because they didn't know how to use it. Um, often you have to like, it's best to like take a hot shower right before. So your pores are nice and open. You put on the numbing cream, you got to put on a nice little thick layer of it. And then you got to wrap it in saran wrap, um, for 90 minutes before your tattoo for it to really get in there and do its job. Um, it does help. I've had clients that have like great success great success with it. Um, it does wear off after a couple hours and, um, but it, it does, it does help quite a bit depending on the person. Um, and the other thing is sometimes it's hard to use numbing cream if you do not, um, know where your tattoo is going to go. Um, sometimes a, a lot of times that that's the situation is like you don't know exactly where it's going on your body so how can you put it on the the right place you might get to your appointment and be like oh I actually don't like it there I thought I was gonna like it there but actually I want it over here and so then the numbing cream's kind of a loss so that's where it gets a little tricky wow so many things to think about that we never knew we had to think about we just thought I wonder what a tattoo would be like <laughs> any other questions otherwise I think we'll wrap up this has been I'm well we didn't have to think honey we didn't have to think because they had made the decision for us when they told us not to do it oh, wow. <laughs> oh yeah so you're saying now that this world is open like it oh yeah like now I'm gonna be a badass like Landon <laughs> He seems to be embracing the whole concept. That's for sure. So, did you have another question, Haley? Yeah. Um, the other question I had was that uh, I've been told that because I am kind of a nervous person just in general, and I've been told that if you're too nervous, like the artist might convince you not to get a tattoo. I know that sounds weird, but that's just something someone told me once. And, you know, I don't know, because I am worried about, like I said, very worried about the pain. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's like a concern or if they're just crazy or what. Um, it depends on the artist. I will say that um, I, if I work with someone that's really, really nervous, it, it makes me feel nervous because I want what's best for them. I want them to feel really confident in what they're doing. And I don't ever want them to like have regret. And so, um, so I can see how sometimes you might, um, kind of be like, I don't know, you don't seem too sure about this. Like, why don't you think about it some more? Um, I could see that being, um, a definite possibility. I would say for the most part, probably not. I mean, your artist is just like anyone. They schedule the time they want to get paid. They want to do their job. So um, I think most of the time they're going to want to make it happen um, as long as, as long as everything's good. Um, but I think, um, I think it's a good thing to like, let your artists know, like, like, cause I've worked with really nervous people that it turned out to be a great experience because like they told me they were nervous. I knew they were nervous. And because of that, I was extra careful and make, making sure like, okay, 
I want you to like spend some like good quality time in front of the mirror. Like don't rush it. Um, and then like, yeah, why don't you go check again? And then like them when we're sitting in the chair and I'm saying like, how are you feeling? Um, are you like, do you feel sure that you're, you're ready to start this process and whatever. And so sometimes that can, so I would just be honest, be honest about where you're at so that they don't like bulldoze your feelings, you know, and just like make it a terrible time. And if you're with an, and, and if you're with an artist that is pressuring you to hurry or pressuring you or like, visibly getting like frustrated that you wanted to move the stencil or whatever like you can decide to just walk away you know like it doesn't matter like whatever you your deposit was like it's not worth having a bad experience when you're getting a tattoo because you don't like your tattoo is a reminder of this experience right so you want to make sure that you're working with someone who has like it, good energy and who you feel is gonna give you that like good positive experience so that is awesome oh my goodness let's yay for Robin that was absolutely amazing what an incredible incredible presentation and I want to tell everybody I forgot to put it on a slide um her Instagram is just incredible it's how it's um at marrow in the bones am I saying that correctly yeah all yeah one word. You need to Hopefully look for you guys up. all get the joke. Wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just amazing. You need to go on there and, and look at, she just, she puts, I, I'm assuming it's your new work. Like, as it comes up, cause yeah. you're going to post or so a day and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, look at this. So marrow in the bones on Instagram and you can see all of Robin's continuing work. So very quickly, let's just go zooming through our upcoming events really quick so we can have this on the podcast. Um, our next book for book club is The Body Keeps the Score. That's going to be on Sunday, February 12th at 11 a.m. Mountain Time with discussion leader Nancy. Grab that book. We have our bonus event. <laughs> Melissa's like back and forth, back and forth. Um, we have our bonus event in-person um, screening of a documentary, The Return of Elder Pingree. That is at Bruby's in Salt Lake on Monday the 13th. And our next uh, bonus event is going to be virtual Dr. Randy Bell. His book is called Post-Traumatic Thriving. You don't have to have read the book to attend, but that's going to be the end of February, Tuesday on the 28th. He's going to wow. be coming and talking to us about that. So that'll be amazing. Um, other reading opportunities. I also helped John DeLynn with his Mormon Stories book club. And we are reading When the Moon Turns to Blood. This is actually a really riveting book written by someone who's never been a Mormon or connected to Mormonism, but she studies the effect of high demand, high control religions with crazy dogma and what it does to people. So really good book. Also, Bad Mormon, Heather Gray, coming out on February 7th. Um, she's going to be on Mormon Stories talking about that. Probably not enough time to read it, but put it on your radar. There's a big copyright dispute um, with Heather and the church. Um, when you start to create merchandise around the word Mormon, they own it. They purchased the copyright to the word Mormon in 2002. Although they kind of shun the word Mormon, they want to make sure no one else uses it. So it's an interesting scenario, but this book is bound to be really fascinating. She's one of the real housewives of Salt Lake, if you're not familiar, familiar with who she is. Okay, zooming on. Um, very quickly, Media on the Radar, the Good Media Club, kind of a companion to the Good Book Club. It talks about series, podcasts, movies, you know, things that are out there that you might want to watch or listen to. 
Um, also, uh, the Good Book Club podcast, where all of our actual book club meetings are in podcast form. Take them running with you or something. Also, Mormonish podcast that Landon and I do. We have a lot of fun and we interview a lot of you guys. So listen to yourselves, podcast format and on YouTube. YouTube. Um, if you want to join the Good Book Club and you're not a member yet, you can find us on Facebook. That is our logo. Or just send me an email, thegoodbookclub at mail.com. And I think that's it. Are we out of slides? That's how we know the evening's over when we're out of slides. So <laughs> thanks, everybody. And have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Robin. It was absolutely amazing.